Welcome to the Mavens Do It Better podcast. And now, your host, Heather Newman. Hello, everyone. Here we are again for another Mavens Do It Better podcast, where we interview extraordinary experts who bring a light to our world, mavens, if you will. And I definitely have one here today. I'm super excited. Um, I have Stephanie Walton here. And Stephanie, say hello to our listeners. Hi, everyone. <laughs> awesome. Stephanie, where are you coming to us from today? I'm coming from Rancho Cucamonga, California. That's so fun to say. It is. It's <laughs> People don't believe me when I say I'm from Rancho Cucamonga. They're like, that doesn't exist. It does. It really does. <laughs> it is fun to say. I know I said that too. I was like, Cucamonga. I'm like, that's kind of cool. Uh, <laughs> I am, folks, I'm here at Creative Maven and headquarters at uh, uh, Marina Del Rey. So a uh, beautiful day in Los Angeles. I think we're, it's, a ni- it's a nice Saturday. So that's yeah. good. It's going to be a balmy 102 out here. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, you you got the heat because you're out east a little bit. Yes, yes. scorching heat. Scorchy heat, gotcha. Okay, cool. Well, it's so fun. Uh, we met through another mutual friend and and uh, coworkers and all of that sort of sort of cool women, women connecting cool women to each other. I think so. That was kind of awesome. It's like right on. Um, and uh, so, Stephanie, talk, will you talk about? Uh, I know you. You're 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 a business person. You've had a big long career in 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 business and in in retail, and then also. You're a coach and you're, t- uh, you're a mentor. You've got a lot of stuff going on. So yeah. um, you want to talk about uh, succeeding with passion a little bit first, maybe? Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, yeah, you're right. I, um, I work in corporate America and I have a pretty big job with a pretty um, huge company and, um, you know, have a division of 140 people. Yeah. And as I was doing that, my favorite part of my job is mentoring and coaching um, people to kind of find out what they love and what they're passionate about and what they want to do, whether it's with the company I work for or outside. And so I said to myself, wow, I, I really want to do more with this. And I wrote a book called Succeeding with Passion and then started this kind of, you know, the side hustle, I guess, of mentoring and coaching um, people of all different ages, different points in their career on how to identify what they're really passionate about and then how to build a plan for themselves to, to do to, in business or in coaching themselves or how to build a life for themselves around that passion. Right. So that's kind of what I'm doing now. Yeah, that's super cool. I know. I was like, I was looking, so coaching, group coaching, and then your, speak, your speaker as well, yeah? Yeah, so I've been doing, I do a lot of motivational speaking. I've spoke, spoken to a hundred teen moms. Um, that's probably the one, you know, I, I do a lot of, um, because of my, where I come from about building a vision for your life and, mm-hmm. and having a passion, I, I really love engaging with people that maybe can't see that for themselves or maybe circumstances are so difficult for them that they can't see the forest for the trees. Yeah. So two of my favorite speeches was one in front of the 100 teen moms, and some of them had their partners there, and really helping them understand that the babies that they're bringing into this world need a parent that is a dreamer, a parent that's reaching for their goals. That, that, that's one of the best gifts you can give to your kid is to show them that no matter what your circumstances are, 
you know, you should still dream and still work to fulfill your dream. You know, yeah. it might look different, but it's still there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, different paths to a similar place of goodness, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't have a great, you know, my, I was homeless, um, you know, twice in my childhood wow. and, you know, I was put into the, um, system and thank God my dad was there to take us in. Um, but you know, I understand circumstances killing your dreams. And I think that's why I'm so passionate about succeeding with passion. I call myself the passion architect is because I was that person that life was so bleak for, and I couldn't figure my way out. But then when I found it and I hooked into it, um, I had something to hope for and to dream for yeah. and life just became more meaningful. It became, it became more than my circumstances. Right. Um, so I love to bring that to people. Yeah. I, it's like, I don't know. It's so many people get wrapped up in, in their jobs or in their circumstances. Right. And you yes. become defined by some people are defined by their job. This is who I am. And, and others by their circumstances. And, yeah, it's like you're defined by who you are, what you're on the table, what your actions and your words, you know? That's yes. hard. I think that's hard for people, you know? It's so hard because, you know, our world, our world conditions us to think, you know, in a very static way that mm. your life is going to be what it's going to be and you don't have a choice. Yeah. Right? You're, you're a product of your circumstances. Mm -hmm. And it almost gives you a sense of being powerless. Mm -hmm. And you're not, you know, I have two daughters and every day I make them recite this affirmation that in the history of the world, there will never be another me. So with all my heart, I strive to be the best me I can be. And what I, what is embedded in that affirmation is this is it. This is the only shot you get to live your life to the fullest and Circumstances could be what they are, but how are you going to live your life? Like you have a choice, right? So that's, I don't want people to be limited by what they think are the circumstances of their world right now. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I love that. I, I think morning affirmations, I love a morning ritual anyway. Yeah. You know, like, you know, a little bit of journal, a little bit of reading, a little bit of affirmation, maybe some meditating. Everybody's different, a little exercise, you know, but I do yeah. I think there's something important about starting your day well. Yes. That kind of stuff, you know? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So when those moments in the day come up where you get to choose, right? Because every moment is a choice. Yeah. And that's the thing, right? So even when I was homeless, even when I was hungry, mm. somehow, I don't know what was inside of me that said every day, though, is a choice. And of course, the adults in my life are making really bad choices that put us in really bad, like, places. Right. How I spent my time, whether in school or when I discovered basketball on the basketball court, I was keenly aware that every day, every moment I had a choice to make in, on what direction I wanted to go. Mm -hmm. So I agree with that. How you start the day yeah. and how you move through the day, if you stay present in those moments, you'll get to where you want to get to, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So it's, um, yeah, very interesting. We are forward. I don't know. Oh. You know, it's so funny. I'm six foot one, and when I played basketball many years ago, yes. um, I could be a center. Okay, yeah. I was like, I was like, I can't see. I don't know what to tell you about. I was like, I was like, she's a center or forward. I can tell. Yeah, I was, I was like, a center. Nowadays, I would be creamed if I wouldn't. Oh, I am point guard size nowadays, but completely. I was a forward 
way back in the Wayback Machine too. So, yeah, no, I was like, yes. right on. that's so funny. Yes. So where did you where did you grow up? I saw Arizona. You went to school in Arizona, yeah. Yes, I went to school in Arizona. So you know, I was born in Texas, lived in Germany, um, but my parents relocated to Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And um, when I was little, I decided that I like ten years old. I decided I wanted to go live with my grandmother to go to high school. Huh. In San Diego, California. Okay. And uh, that's where I went to high school. And it was the best decision I ever made that my dad ever let me go there. Right. And that's, you know, getting away from the circumstances that I had found in LA. San Diego was freedom for me. It's yeah. where I could breathe, you know. Absolutely. San Diego's great. I spent a lot of time in Oceanside myself. My oh, beautiful. Photo back beautiful. And forth there. Yeah, I'm new to California. It, Southern California, anyway. And man, what a neat place this this is. You know? It really is. It really is. I love. I love San Diego. And then I went to college in Arizona, played mm-hmm. basketball, okay. and I came back home. Wow, that's so cool. Do you before pre-COVID were you yeah. travel? Did you, did you travel a lot for your business? Traveled a lot. I traveled. You know, my yeah, we traveled a lot personally and for business. You know, I'm. I want my kids to be citizens of the world. Yep. I want them to know that the world is round and the world is filled with different countries and different cultures and people who love their countries and love their culture, right? I think yeah. we think the United States is the best. And believe me, I think the United States is the best. <laughs> um, but travel is really important. So yeah. I'm blessed that I traveled with my job. Yeah. And I'm also blessed that my job um, afforded me a life that I could take my kids to places like Argentina wow. and Brazil yeah. and to Europe, you mm. know, just give them a flavor of what life is outside yeah. of the U.S., yeah, I find that too. I mean, I've traveled, but I'm in and around Microsoft for 18 years, inside, outside, and now back, back at Microsoft, and continuing to do this is one of my passions, you know, outside of work. And but yeah, the travel, I felt very lucky to either to the traveling for work, and that really exposed me to like the of uh, being like, well, maybe I should stay a few more days here in this yeah. amazing yeah. place and bring my family or my people back with me, you know? Yes. Like, yeah. It's, how do you feel about sort of, are you, are you, I assume you're working from home like everyone else. Yeah. I'm working from home. Um, yeah. 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 I've been working from home since March. Right. Wow. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like, how, how has it been for you? Um, sometimes it's, I, I am afraid to say that I am living my best life. And I'll tell you why. It's because A, I, I commuted four hours a day to get to my corporate job. Uh So often I would be doing things on the train and then I'd get home and I'd have very little reserves left for my daughters, my husband. And since, um, since the pandemic hit, I mean, I have my, I have my routine, you know, I wake up about four 30 in the morning. I spend my me time. I'm here for my kids. I go to work in my office and then when work is done, I can go get in the pool with my kids. I can, you know, go cook dinner for my family. I can work out. I've just been able to find so much joy in being present with my family um, that it, it the times where I am starting to feel stir crazy or get like, oh, when is this going to be over? I just look around and go, wow, you know, I'm blessed. You know, I work hard and I'm blessed. Um, and I get to see my kids a lot every day, which brings me a lot of joy. Yeah. Oh yeah, and that man I married too, my husband. Oh, that guy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, it is. Uh, it is a multitude of, you know, answers to that question. So you know, everybody I know, there's there's the working from home, 
folks who are more on sort of maybe corporate sides and all that stuff. And then there's all the friends that are, you know, essential workers, right? Yes. And, go yes. Stuff. and it's just like that, that it's so, such a different story, right? Yes. Um, um, for us versus in them. And I, I've been feeling the same thing. I've been feeling like, oh, well, I've got my routine and I'm doing certain things that I didn't do before. And I'm like, like, my finances are cleaned up and my closet's <laughs> cleaned up. <laughs> I'm like, okay, huh. wow, all right. And I don't need to run all over the world. Although I love doing that, you know, like I'm- I miss that. Yeah, I do too. I do too. I'm, I'm missing it as well. Um, yeah. It, and, you know, I was looking so back at your Succeeding with Passion. So not only, so it's a, it's a, the book is, it's got a couple of sections and it's really, you've got, it's like a toolkit and a system. So it's a book. Yes. It's also, I think, guidance as well yes. and, and like tools. Yeah. Uh, talk a little bit more about that because I'm super interested. Yeah. yeah. So the, the thing that I, um, I have discovered is that a lot of people are very tactical, right? Yes. So you can tell them something theoretically, but it doesn't stick, right? It's like, go do this. And then they come back and they go, but how do I do that? So I think that's, I think I'm that way too. I'm like, great, you can tell me to go do something, but if I've never seen it, or if I don't know, if I don't have any guidance, right. I don't know if I'm doing it right. And I think people want to get things right. Yeah. So when I wrote this book, I said, you know, I want to tell people about, you know, building your toolkit, mm -hmm. right? Like how do you get yourself ready to pursue right. your passion, which yeah. is building your toolkit, but taking them through exercise to explore themselves, right? Explore right. how to get themselves prepared. Yep. Then when you got to the actual building of your dream, mm -hmm. how do you do that? So I made sure to put steps and exercises and ways for people to like work through it themselves um, so they could get there. Because I think okay. there's some value in, in, you know, teach it and then allow people to yeah. do it. For sure. I think it's also recognizing and what I, what I love about what you've done with the book is that it's, you recognize that people learn in different ways too. Yes. You know, I think that's, that's something I definitely learned. I was a theater major and then, then working in technology, it's like, you can't just assume that somebody learns the same way you do one and you have to give a all those, I'm very visual. So I like to see stuff. If somebody's like, blah, 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 I'm like, show me. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, like us, because it's also about, I think, ownership, and sort of, um, if, if you show it to me, then I can't be like, I don't know what you were talking about. I don't remember. Or you know what I mean? Like you've seen it. So you have to be like accountable. Accountability is what I was looking for. Yes. That, you know? My favorite word is accountability. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Accountability and authenticity. And yes. Oh my like God. Those two things. I know I read all your stuff and I was like, <laughs> I was like, I have so much to talk to her about. Cause I think all, all these great things. I was so excited. Um, so yeah. I was looking on your Instagram account and, you know, doing my stuff and I wish I hadn't signed up yet for your Succeeding with Passion newsletter, but I am dying to talk to you about the Euro Worship and Cancel Culture newsletter that I haven't read. Yes. But I'm super interested in that subject. And, you know, we, you know, talking about in the middle of pandemic, in the middle of, you know, as, as people who work in the corporate, corporate culture of, uh, and, and just in general in, in our lives, you know, with, with what's happened with, you know, the murder of George Floyd and all in the Black Lives Matter and the things that have happened. And, and I know I, this, I would assume is talking about that a bit. So we talk about the newsletter. What, what did you say? Yeah, so, yeah this is really interesting. So yeah. because of the podcast, you know, 
full disclosure, I'm an African-American woman. So, and I- We have, we have video on too, by the way. Oh, there's video, great. Yeah. Oh, I should have put on some lipstick, but that's, yeah. that would be inauthentic. <laughs> um, yeah. So I watched Hamilton with my kids. Uh -huh. I'm a 14 year old and a seven year old. Mm -hmm. And I watched Hamilton. My 14 year old has been on Hamilton since the beginning. And I was just mesmerized. Yeah. And I watched my seven year old just fall in love with people who looked like her. Right. Just on the, you know, just portraying founding fathers. Mm -hmm. And I was just, oh my gosh, I can't tell you. I like cried in parts. Like this was art. This was beautiful yeah. art. And the story itself was just. Just incredible. I wanted to know more about Alexander Hamilton because, of course, none none of us knew much about him, yeah. you know, in my family. Mm -hmm. And then the day after I watched it, I saw this hashtag cancel Hamilton. And I was mm. I was really confused. I'm like, who would want to cancel this beautiful work of art? Right. And I had these feelings about it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my first feeling was like, well, if you don't like it, go make your own Hamilton and tell the story the way you want to. Oh, I was so open and right. so, you know, <laughs> curious about other people's thought process. But then I got to that. I was like, why do people feel this way? Mm -hmm. And so I started seeing all this, this stuff about pulling down statues and, you know, that Hamilton didn't approach the topic of slavery. And I started toying with this idea that had been sitting in, inside of me for a long time is this idea of putting people up on pedestals mm -hmm. and worshiping human beings as heroes, as like flawless heroes yeah, like yeah. and I was like that's a problem in of itself because these men these founding fathers there's this there's this duality in in life in in their founding of our country freedom from England and they fought for it they died for it they got wounded for it at the same time they were oppressing and abusing African slaves so freedom for themselves and they were they were, you know, treating Afri black people horribly, right? And in, in, in slavery. Um, so they were human and they were products of their time. And as a as a black woman, I have to step back and say, you know, I love this country, but this country treated my ancestors so horribly. And it's hard to sit in that duality sometimes for us. It's hard for us to sit in the yes and. We wanna we wanna cancel people out because they're not perfect. They didn't do it right. And I just am saying that for me and my family, we're going to sit in that messiness of human humanity. Um, none of us are perfect and we're all a product of our times. A lot of us do great things. And, and if you judge me by the worst thing I did in my life, I, you would definitely not build a statue of me. So it's just kind of like, let's, let's address the hero worship and, and let's, let, let's, let's start to address, should we have heroes or should we, and should we subscribe superhuman qualities to real human people? That's the problem, mm -hmm. right? Because people are going to let us down all the time. Yeah. Yeah. You right. Know? Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I'm, yeah. Yeah. Being a hero too, like somebody, I don't know, gives you five bucks when you're at the store because you don't have enough money. That's hero, you know? Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so I just want us as a, as a country, as we're talking about history and, and, and people, I just, 
I want us to bring some humanness back to our interactions with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that's Pollyanna, and I, a lot of people say that's pie in the sky, but the, con- the human connection is so vital to us moving forward and, you know, creating a system that's equal for everyone. Um, if I see you as a human and you see me as a human, you don't want me to hurt. Yeah. Right. And, and you won't see me and you won't see me as trying to take from you. You'll, you'll, you'll see that I'm just trying to make sure that my kids or my family has equal access and you'd want that for me if you loved me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think that empathy is a big word and a lot of people don't know what that means because it's a big word and it's a weird word, you know, like just the word itself. I'm a word nerd. So, you know, (laughs) you know what I mean? But, but, but truly like how, can we understand how it feels to step into someone else's shoes? And yeah, you're right. It's, it's about sort of those basic needs that we have that like we're allowed to have the shared basic needs sameness. Yes. Yes, we are. We're entitled to it as human beings. Mm -hmm. Um, I think kindness is important. I think listening is important. I, I think love is important. And I just think understanding that, you know, we all have different lived experiences mm-hmm. and to give space for, um, for people to live freely in those lived experiences without taking from others. I know it sounds all weird, but you know, I'm just, I just believe the best in humans. I believe we can get there. Yeah, I do too. I feel the, I feel the Pollyanna sort of label sometimes too, you know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, cause yeah. I, I tend to be fairly positive about things and look for that spin and get the yeah. sil- silver lining Heather you're always like I'm like well the, well I don't know I don't want to sit in my bed and cry and feel terrible yeah. all the time you know yeah. <laughs> yeah. I tell my team all the time when we're talking about solving a problem at work and I'm like we yeah. can do it and then I tell them if I'm rainbows and unicorns please pull me out of the sky I probably know I'm like if I think like Please let me know. Bring some reality because I believe we can do anything. Yeah, exactly. No. Well, you know, the, the world needs the rainbows and unicorn people. They do. They do. Sure. <laughs> they do. They do. So, so talking about your team and, and some of the other things you do, I know you were saying you have another project that you're working on right now. Will you tell everybody about that? Too? Yeah. So um, I'm working on a, a project called Grace and Space. And this came directly out of um, the conversation about racial inequality. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you, as an African-American woman in corporate America, I walked in, well, when I walk out my door, I put on a mask. I don't know how to greet the world um, fully and authentically as an African-American woman. I mean, we have, we do have things that we face that most people don't, um, including 100% of the African-American men in my family have been detained by the police. And we're a family of law enforcement, um, uh, lawyers, my husband was a, a foreman, like really, really amazing African-American men, doctors, and they all, every single one of them have been detained by the police for no reason. Wow. So the, the, the mask and the, the shield that I have had to meet the world with um, is real. And when George Floyd was murdered and that, and everyone stopped to look and think and wonder, like, as an African-American woman, that mask and shield was ripped off of me. And I felt super exposed, you know, I'm like, oh my gosh, what do I do with this? Because now the, am I, am I, is, it, is it okay for me to live, you know, forward as an African-American woman and really talk about what it's like to live in a society that doesn't always accept um, my people. 
And so I started talking, you know, really openly and honestly with white women and being called into spaces with white women, being called into spaces at my job to talk about the experience. And what started to materialize to me was what we need is a, a space that people can like breathe and, and, and talk about it and be ignorant and ask the wrong question and say the wrong thing and be greeted with, with grace and say, I see you're trying. Let me help you rephrase that. Let me help you, you know, think about it differently. So what I'm trying to do is really create a space to come for, for black women and white women to come together and just say how they feel and work through the messy emotions, work through the misunderstandings to get on the other side to, I see you, I hear you, I stand with you. I hold hands with you and to all together, we're going to make this world a better place for our sons and our daughters. Yeah. So that's what, that's um, what this project is. Um, and I'm super excited. It's in its infancy stages. Um, but I'm well known for my, my saying like every place, can we give each other grace and space? Okay. okay. Right. So yeah. that we can learn. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I do. I do. I've felt that, you know, um, working in with with women and with talking about allyship and all of that, you know, it's like, I've had some hard moments where people have been like, uh, and you're like, oh, okay, you know, we all screw up. Yes. Say the wrong thing sometimes, you know? Um, And it's also figuring out how to, it's not even diffuse, because I don't think it's about diffusing. I think it, you're right. I think it's about just being like, all right, let's talk about this. And yes. there's so much, rightly so, emotion on uh, about certain things, you know, and it's, I love that you're creating that and grace and space. That's super cool. Because man, you know, we don't, we don't always give each other that yeah. moment. Yes. You know? And especially with the cancel culture too. It's, it's like, yeah. I don't know. It's, I, I was like, what, what level do you get canceled at? I'm confused myself. You know what I mean? Like, like if it's, it's like, if it's like, okay, if you say this or did this when you were a kid or when you were, and, and I don't mean to make light of it at all because I, there's things that I'm like, that should be canceled. Like, you know, whatever, but, but, but then who am I and who are you and who are we to say, but, but then there's things that it's like, yeah, you know what? That shouldn't exist anymore. We shouldn't say that, or we shouldn't have that interfaces or whatever. And that it's, it's, it's this wild, like, I'm like, you're watching Twitter or whatever. And you're like, okay, who, and what's next? Yeah. Like, Yeah. People are being canceled for things they said in 2004, and that was 16 years ago. So by that, by that definition, you have, it goes back to what we said before. By that definition, you are not allowed to grow, learn, change. Right. Right. And so um, if you're not allowed to grow, learn, change, that means you don't have power over your circumstances. That means you can't break free of the environment you were raised in or the environment where you learned. Um, it said that says I can't learn and become, um, a different human being. Yeah. And so that's, and, and that's something that I'm, I'm not comfortable with because I want, I want people to give me the grace and spaces I'm learning as a leader. I've made so many mistakes. You know, there was a point in my career, a two year point in my career where I couldn't get out of my own way. I mean, I'm surprised my company didn't fire me because I was just like, 
To me, leadership was you do what I tell you to do when I tell you to do it. I mean, that's how I was raised in leadership. That's what I was told. I was raised in a very patriarchal, with the patriarchal view on what leadership was. Right. And it wasn't working for myself. It wasn't working for my boss and it wasn't working for my team. Right. And thank God I got the grace and space to grow and learn that leadership is about pulling really smart people together to like, let's all go in the same direction. But it took me two years to learn that. And thank God I wasn't fired, right? Yes. So that's, I think we have to be really, really careful as we start to, you know, hold people accountable. Yeah. Yes. And also, where are they today? Are they growing? Have, are, they, are they showing up differently? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you give people that space, right? To, to yeah. be, to grow. Yeah. Um, that, that's so important to me. I want my kids to grow up in a world where they can make really bad mistakes and learn and grow from them and not have to pay for them when they're 45 years old. Yeah, completely. Well, and it sort of starts even with the sort of the bullying culture too, you know, yeah. that whole thing yeah. of like, you do one thing and then every, it's like the unfortunate if you have a name that rhymes with something and you're like, I don't know, smelly somebody or what, you know what I mean? It's like, it's yeah. like that stuff that, like, that follows you through from when you're young and that, follows you through to the, your entire life, you know? Yeah. Yes. Yes. You know, yeah. my, one of my really good friends is, has the opposite views of me politically, like complete opposite views as I am, Yeah, as I have. And in the last election, she came to my home and we sat for an hour trying to convince each other to vote the other way. Um, <laughs> so that means our votes canceled each other out. You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, however, what I will tell you is, she is the kindest, most giving human being in my life. When I was a new mom, I could not figure out why my kid was crying. And I was coaching her daughter in basketball and she left and went to the store and came back and she goes, I put cereal in your kid's bottle. Your kid is hungry. Stop, you know, following the doctor's advice. Give your kid some food. And I was like, oh my gosh. I, I, I always say she saved my kid's life. That's wow. starving her formula. <laughs> So I say, to, I say to people that it can be a yes and. Yes. I can love someone who thinks differently than me, but will put, will take care of my child in a very basic and loving way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't cancel her out because she voted different than, than me. Right. I see like, where's the goodness in here? Where's her heart? Mm-hmm. And we may have opposing views politically, yeah. but we meet each other with love. So, you know, that's where, that's, that's kind of this yes and grace and space, like Mm -hmm. giving people the room to, to, to be human. Yeah. Right. And that's how I lead. And that's how I coach people. Right. No, that's how I, that's how I, I'm very forward with those beliefs. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. I guess we love to label. People. Yes. No. After my book about that. Okay. All right. All right. You know, it's like <laughs> it's labeling, and then also, you know, when people say, you know, it's labels and blanket statements, which are to me are kind of the same things. You know, it's like all of those types of people are oh, like yes. this. Yes. You know? Yes. And I, even with my friends that I absolutely agree with on politics and all kinds of other stuff, when they say that kind of stuff, it makes me angry, and I'm like, you know what? You can't say that. I mean, you can say whatever you want obviously, but like that is not helping. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. And judgment. You know, I have a chapter on judgment, Mm -hmm. um, labels and judgment. You know, we like to label people and then we like to judge them. Mm -hmm. And we all have that, right? I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not, listen, 
I am not. But anyway, cheers. Right. So do I label people? Absolutely. And am I dead wrong? 99% of the time, right? 99% of the time. I am shocked to my core that the label I put on them is absolutely not true. Right. Do I judge? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually have a practice in my mind because I do my, I'm really about mindfulness. And I have this practice that when judgment starts to come up in my mind, I literally see my hands swiping away the judgment because I, I and, and I'm swiping in every conversation or I'm, there's yeah. a lot of swipes. In <laughs> there's a mind. lot going on here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, there's a judgment. There's a judgment, right? Right. right. But we have to check them because, you yeah. know, labeling and judging people holds us back from, I think, holds us back from getting to know really awesome people and learning about people's really incredible lives or experiences. Mm -hmm. Like I love to hear about how people grew up or, you know, what dinner looks like for them or, Mm -hmm. you know, just, I'm just fascinated by how different things can be. Mm -hmm. When I went to college, my coach invited us to dinner. Right. And there was three black girls on the team and the rest of the girls were white. And the coach had made pork chops and applesauce. And the white women on our team went wild. They were like, we haven't had this in so long. We miss our families. The black girls kind of hung back like, we have no clue what is happening here. <laughs> like, why is there baby food on a plate with a pork chop? Like in our minds, we're like, you put macaroni and cheese and green beans with pork chops, <laughs> not applesauce. Right. And I think that was my um, that was my first actual foray outside of my community was college and playing basketball. Mm-hmm. And I soaked it up. I mean, I got salmon. I had never seen salmon in my life. I'm like, we ate catfish yeah. or red snapper. What is this pink fish? Like there were so obviously everything with me is about food, but there were so company. many people lived on dairy farms. Yeah, and right. And had these, there were Mormons on our team. And I just was like opened up to this whole world of people who didn't look, think, or act like me. Could you imagine if I sat and labeled, labeled them and judged them and held myself back from these rich experiences of these peop- of people? I, I, I just, it's, when you drop the labels and drop the judgment, you get to know some pretty incredible human beings. Yeah, agreed. You really do. 100%. I can't wait to read this book. Oh, thank like, you. So I know it's like sometimes it's like when it, sometimes I'm like I read the book or I don't read the book, and I'm like I kind of like it when I don't read the book because I learn about it, and then I can go back and 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 t- maybe talk to you about it again later. So yeah, yeah, yeah that would be great. Um, I could talk to you for another like four hours, and I think I we'll have to it amazing. So, uh, but I'll I'll lead us into uh, maybe the last question. So okay, yeah, cool. Okay. So. Uh, Creative Maven, I'm very, you know, I, so many things that you said, and I'm like, ding, ding. Um, I'm very interested in moments, uh, sparks in our lives uh, that we have that uh, that we either do recognize or don't recognize, because uh, sometimes it's just a word or a book or a person or all of that. But if, if you would love to share uh, a moment, spark, person, place, thing, book in your life um, that really, really seats you in who you are today. If you want to pin, I know there's probably a gazillion, but there is there one, is. Um, one that sort of shines out just for August 1st, my goodness, yeah. 2020. A year ago in October, my life changed. I had a, um, um, absolute shift. I felt the world shift on its axis in October of last year. 
And I still get emotional about this because it was in that moment that so much clarity, I found my like holy grail. Does that make sense? Like I found my holy grail. And it was in this teaching by um, this woman, Deborah Eaton Toll, and she is a, a mindfulness guru, but she was a monk for seven years. And she did this presentation at this women's retreat I went to, and none of these women looked like me. It was very, it was very uncomfortable. It was probably the best place to have a, um, a breakthrough um, because it was a beautiful retreat put on by um, another mentor of mine, Jennifer Freed. And in that moment, when Eden walked in the room, she was like, she's like not even five feet. And she was so present. She was so there. And I felt like the strongest person in the room had just walked in and I wanted to learn more. And in that moment in my life, I learned about being present Mm. and being in relation, in deep relation with others and really listening, listening without needing to fix or do anything. And I read her book called Relational Mindfulness. And my world has not been the same since because now I operate in the world in what is happening in this moment. Who am I in relationship with? Um, And I work very hard at eliminating judgments, meeting people where they are um, and giving myself a lot of, um, a lot of space to just be in that moment. So it was, my life changed with mindfulness and my life changed when I met Eden. It was, it was, I I haven't been the same since. Wow. Very Thank you for sharing that with others. That's yeah. I like your whole, like I can see it too. That's so cool. (laughs) My husband says I'm different. My my, um, people at work say I'm different. My kids say I'm different. It's just, it's just, I've just found so much joy in being in the here and now. Yeah. Um, instead of worrying about what happened in the past or what's about to come, it's like, no, I actually have today, I have now to be the best. So yeah, that was life changing for me. That's cool. I mean, I, it's, it's also, it's sort of like fear runs a lot of our lives, right? Yeah. To worry about something in the past, which leads to guilt something in the future that hasn't happened yet that makes us worry and all of that. And that that in the moment, like if we can be in that mindful in the moment, like we get rid of that fear narrative. Right. Yes, exactly. I got to check that other book out too. We'll put it in the show notes, everybody for sure. Oh my goodness. Yes. Relational mindfulness. Deborah (laughs) Eaton told. It's amazing. I haven't highlighted dog-eared pages. Um, For grace and space. Is that going to be something that's going to be out uh, connected with um, the your passion website as well? Yes, I think what I'm going to do, I'm thinking about taking that in a totally different direction. Okay. I'm actually thinking about taking that um, in its own in its own lane because it's really going to be about, you know, healing this, the yeah. racial inequality, sure. healing the divisions. Yep. Um, and I wanted to open up a space for that, mm. kind of separate from succeeding with passion. Yeah, okay. Um, because I want it to be a healing space. You know, it'll be connected to the work I'm doing on generational trauma, mm. on healing generational trauma. No. Um, so I really am seeing it as a, as a different space okay. um, than succeeding okay. with passion. So more to come. Yeah, coming soon. Cool. Yes, coming soon. You're amazing. So thank you. This thank is you. 
I know. I'm so excited to to continue to watch and uh, and also I'm like do some stuff with you. So yeah, that would be great. And I wish I could, I'm sitting here to my I have like a billion questions about you. I'm like, can I flip this interview? Because I want Microsoft, creative, like I'm like, tell me more, tell me more. Oh my god. Before we end, ask one. Ask one and I'll yeah. answer it. So how did you how did you go from like take your creative mind to Microsoft? How did you make the two of those meld? When I think Microsoft, I think technology yeah. engineering, but right. I would love to know. Uh well, you know. It was uh, it was back in 2001. Um, I was doing theater, was a theater major, had a theater company, all of that, and was doing marketing okay. for that company. Because it was like, we put on shows for like 2,000 2, bucks, right? Yeah. You know, in Seattle back in the day in Fringe Theater. And I got laid off from a dot-com, uh, this is way back, you know, and uh, a friend of mine from theater school, Andy, uh, said, you should talk to my wife, Nancy. She works at Microsoft and she needs some writers for some case studies. They're, they've got some new product they're putting out. I thought, okay. So I went and I was a writer, playwright and all that stuff, uh, an actor. And so we talked and she's like, you want to write some case studies? And I said, sure. And she said, great, you're hired. And I said, okay. And uh, that little product was SharePoint. And so that's a, you know, a big Microsoft product that was like teeny tiny. And I just kept saying yes. Um, and then I started doing event production, same thing, you know, and I, yeah. And here I am, you know, 18 years later, I was an employee at one point. I've been a consultant. I've been in what they call an MVP. I have a software business. I just, I don't know, kept saying yes. And to me, it's, I, I approach everything like I'm producing a play. Always have. And now that you said that, I mean, really, we need to set up some more time. As I'm watching Hamilton, I say to myself, I need to know how you get from an idea to that. Like, I need to know the mechanics mm. of okay. yeah. how he got from sitting on a beach reading uh, Chernow's book to that play and how it came, like, how does, I'm always fascinated in the how. Yeah, like yeah. How did you get from there to there? Yeah. Like, what is that process like of a playwright, of putting, putting a show mm -hmm. to the stage? I like literally watch Hamilton to say, how do they know who picks up the table right. and takes <laughs> off stage and when? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's like, I think, it's a lot of the things like you're talking about there too. It's like, it's figuring out, it's, it's about human beings, right? And and figuring out how to tell someone else's story, embody a story, and the authentic, authenticity of it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And also wowing people with things I've never seen before. I think that was some, one of my strengths has always been that, that I have that sort of funky theater thing where I'm like, okay, let's Nancy and I, we were like, let's get, put everybody in these utility kilts and have everybody run on stage in this tech conference like they're the SharePoint Warriors. Oh, that's cool. And Nancy and I both knew the guy who created utility kilts, right? And so that was something that we did. And then our corporate vice president, who is now way up in the company, he was like, oh, I want a kilt. I'm doing that. And he like went barefoot and like did this, his whole keynote like that. And so it's, 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 I think it's about asking questions, you know, and saying, can we, can we do this weird random thing? And they go, yeah, that's cool. Do it. And you're like, okay. You know, um, and, and you have to have people who are open to that kind of stuff, but I've always found tech to have that, that edge of what's, what is the possible? Yes. You know? yes. And, and 
And what's been lovely, I think, about the last few years, especially at Microsoft, is that, you know, Satya Nadella, as CEO, he's very much about that. You know, what is the possible? How do how are we being inclusive? How are we bringing in lots of minds and thoughts and different kinds of people to the table um, so that we can push and pull and, and work with yes. to do things, you know? So, yes. yeah. Yes. But, yeah, I don't know. It's I, I used to say... I was corrected. I said, oh, I'm just a theater major. Yeah. It was a long time ago now. But, and, and, and I was like, no, wait a minute. I'm not just a theater major. I, that is one of my superpowers. You know? Absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. So fascinated by creative. I always am like, how do people think? Like, I always want to get into that. And just like, <laughs> what influences people and what experiences do they, like people have experiences that they, they can put into something, creating something new just because, Mm -hmm. I had an experience and like, oh, you know, jobs, you know, iPhone or so many people create, but the the creative people, like the theater people, the people who create these Mm -hmm. stories or reimagine a story, Mm -hmm. you know, are just like, I want to get into their brain and just say, how, what was that process like to see Mm -hmm. the world different? Yeah. Yeah. I think everybody has that creativity in them. I think it's, it, it's, there's a spectrum, right? A bit, yeah. you know, um, and it goes into different spaces, but I talk a lot about creativity and that for me, creativity is, is super important with problem solving, you know, yeah. like, especially in, when we're in the corporate world, we were talking about your team, you know, solving problems. I think that is huge. Like being able to, and that's like when you get into interviewing, right. Where it's like all those, like uh, the, the whole Microsoft interview thing about like, how do you move Mount Fuji? You know, um, it's, it's not, it's not about having the right answer. It's about having five. Yes. Yes. And maybe two and four go together. Yeah, right. You know, <laughs> take pieces of each of them to make, Oh, I'm, I'm, I, I'm so down for that. Yeah. I love creativity. It's just, yeah. And I love creative people. I just love the way they think. Mm-hmm. Anderson uh, reminds me that the first time I met her, I was like, Oh, I need to know you. I yeah. need to know you because you are special. Like you, she's just so unique. And yeah. she's, I don't know, I don't know anyone like her. And yeah. I just wanted to like, what is that? You know, with the microgreens and just, oh, yeah. <laughs> just wanted to know more, you know? That's awesome. Yeah, we should give a shout out to Anderson um, and her and her wonderful mom, Kathy. Um, yeah. Anderson, you work with, but um, I work with Kathy. So. Oh, great. So we have that beautiful sort of uh, connection point there with a couple of really cool, cool women. So very yeah. cool, very Super cool. Awesome. Well, right on. Well, cool. Well, all right. Well, you flipped the script on me. I love it. I, <laughs> <laughs> I am just I'm, I'm just a curious person. Yeah. Thank you for letting me do that. Yeah, you will. Absolutely. You bet. Yeah. No, it's I, I always say I learn depending. I know somebody really well or not. Like I just learned so much about people. I, like I had a friend of mine. I was like what? You did what? And you know, and she was laughing. She's like, I didn't ever told you that. I was like, I don't know. You know, so I, yeah, I don't know. It's fine. So exactly. Anyway, well, cool. Thank you. Thank you. And, uh, super excited. So everybody, um, our passion architect here, uh, checking out, uh, succeeding with passion and then looking for grace and space coming up for sure. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Stephanie. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll put everything in the show notes so everybody can find you later. So Wonderful. Thank you. Cool. Awesome. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. That has been another episode of the Mavens Do It Better podcast. And here is to another big, beautiful day on this blue spinning sphere. Thanks a bunch.
The original music on this podcast was created by Jesse Case.